0: Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hyper Volt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking
1: is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our
0: nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. He's one of England's most capped international players.
2: Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Here. Never before. Hello, and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman, and Lindsay Hooper. Joining us this week is a man who made over 550 appearances for Arsenal across 13 years, winning the Premier League at the FA Cup Double in '98. Please welcome Nigel Winterburn.
3: Because he is.
2: <laughs> you alright, mate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. We're just How you playing. doing? Yeah, not bad, mate, not bad. Um, what, what are you up to nowadays?
3: Uh, not massive. I'm still doing all the stuff at Arsenal, yeah. And then I've got a few things that I do sort of monthly, but uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, since the lockdown, um, I've decided that it's now time to live my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this full so on re-
1: retirement then?
3: Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not retired. Listen, I still need to do some work, but yeah, um, I think when you see the likes of Shane Warne and then. Dave and, you know, Dave and I have known a couple of people that have uh, passed away as well recently. I think you look at it and go, do you know what? It's it, it, For me, it's just about now. I've had yeah. a fantastic career. Uh, I'm not going to chase all around the country to, to do stuff. So I'm just going to, Take the bits I want to take yeah. in, at my convenience and then if it's not convenient, I don't do it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> then, it's a good um,
2: space to
3: be in, mate. <laughs> it is a good space to be in, and then uh, and not feel guilty about it is the is the biggest yeah. thing. Uh and not worry about whether people because you said no are gonna come back, it's just like, oh well, if it don't come back, they don't come back, somebody else could have the yeah. job. So yeah. Uh
1: exactly. but I'm
3: I'm I'm quite clear that I'm definitely uh, you know, I just wanna I just want to do the things that uh, Sandy and I want to do, yeah. uh, and we just uh, we just get along with it, really. Yeah. Um, Enjoy your life. If if, if you haven't got it, you can't spend it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are are so many people, Nigel, that will be listening who are Arsenal fans and they will never get to experience what it's like in the lounges on a match day. And I know that's one of your main jobs, isn't it? That you're in there hosting um, and often being grilled, I suppose, by someone on a stage about your career. Uh, What is that? Uh, experience like, do you think, for the for the average punter if they were to get a golden ticket one day?
3: Well, I just love, uh, obviously, I've always said that I felt very honoured uh, and very privileged that the career I had um, all through, really, all the clubs I played at, but particularly at, at Arsenal is where um, a, a lot of people got to know, not just myself, but uh, what people talk about, the famous uh, back four, call it back five, whatever you want. Let's put Martin in just in case he uh, has a listen, because I know he does occasionally. <laughs> and he so, does have a moan, um, doesn't
2: he? <laughs> yeah,
3: he does have a moan. So, and, you know, and, and, and Dave was part of that uh, as well. But I love uh, watching uh, what happens with Arsenal. So for me, what better way to be uh, part of it on a match day in the in the lounges, going around, listen, and the different lounges that you're in, Uh, Some are diehard Arsenal supporters and you have to say some are more casual supporters, but you can get a different feeling for what everybody feels about the club. So when I'm doing interviews about uh, Arsenal, I'm not really saying as much about what I feel. I'm also relaying what the supporters are feeling. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah, Mm,
1: very much so.
2: No, that's, that's cool so do you so you, you're watching the games and getting paid so you that's not a bad job is it I
3: think <laughs> that's basically what I'm saying <laughs> <you>? <laughs> rather what did you? than you rather than paying for my ticket yeah exactly <laughs> so you could call me a you could call me a freeloader I don't know what <laughs> <you're looking> at. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're paying for special services <laughs> yeah um, what what, um, what did you make of the game against Palace mate because oh I- um, was uh, Paul was so disappointed, weren't he? Yeah.
3: He, yeah. yeah. Um, I was a little concerned, I have to admit, when I saw Tierney wasn't playing because Tomiatsu is out as well. Yeah, uh, He's been out for a while and we've, we've coped with that. And to, to be fair, we've looked very solid. I thought we'd looked creative going forward as well. But uh, I watched the opening minutes. So I've seen some of Palace's games. They're very energetic, particularly in the first half. Uh, and to be quite honest, Arsenal didn't cope, they didn't, they didn't deal with the pressure, they didn't move the ball quick enough. Uh, and at the end of it, it didn't look as if they were ready for what Palace had to offer them. Um uh, yeah. and uh the result was 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 pretty clear when when it went to 2-0. I could I couldn't see Arsenal getting back into it. Yeah. Had a couple of chances in the second half, played better in the second half, changed the system as well. Um, but the big thing for me is you can wipe away that loss if you can bounce back the next game, but the injuries are a big concern because I think one to eleven, we're you know when we play well, we're we're a strong team, but I'm not sure about the uh, I'm not sure about the depth that we've got at the minute, and we've got some massive games coming up now. Yeah.
1: So what I've heard, and and David, I don't know how much you're privy to this as well. I've heard that Tommy Yasu back in training. Performing really well. They're just managing him. He's had 10 weeks away. And part of the issue was that he played whilst injured, which aggravated the injury further. I'm sure that's something both yeah. of you are familiar with. But he could be back very soon. I I'm glad that you mentioned Tierney and, and how big a miss he was, though, Nigel, because I wanted to ask about Tavares. What has happened to him as a player at the beginning of the season? He showed that he could deputise, and actually, at one point, I think people were wondering whether Tierney would get back in to the starting eleven. But is that a confidence thing, or is is that just not having enough game time?
3: Well, like it it could be a combination of, of uh, all of those things. So it can be that some players need to play regular. It can be confidence. But also, as well, uh, for me, the big thing uh, for Tavares is understanding your defensive responsibilities. Now, I know the game and the fullback role has changed slightly, but Dave will tell you, and I think it was uh, maybe uh, might have been Jamie Carragher said uh, a great piece on the Sky was that when you're alongside your centre half, you have to expect the defender to make a mess up. That's how George Graham brought us up. He basically said, every time the ball comes into a position of the two centre-halves, the two full-backs have to accept that one of those centre-halves may slip over. So you have to be in the recovery position. I personally don't think at this moment in time, he understands the real defensive side of the game. And in the Premier League, if you don't understand that, you can get exposed. Going forward... I don't think there's any problem. So, you know, if you were to say he played in a wing-back role, I, I, I think that would be perfect for him at the moment. But I don't see him in the Arsenal team at the moment uh, with the mindset that he has and the understanding uh, defensively of, of being in that back four and put onto that mentally, being brought off. I think it's in the last two games he's been brought off. Um that has to, that has to affect you. I think it would yeah. affect anybody. i
2: impressed. Have you been with Tierney? Because like when he when he first came, I was like, "Wow, you know, this is a proper like breath of fresh air." You know, because of his attitude, yeah. and you know, and especially at Arsenal where. You know, I, and I've still got this picture in my head of him going into training in January or whatever he was, and he got his short, his shorts on and his t-shirt, and all the others have got scarves, at, scarves on and balaclavas on and all that sort of thing. And I just thought that just about sums him up, and it's brilliant.
3: Yeah, I, I loved all that, but the iconic moment for me was when he had his Tesco's bag. <laughs> that says to me, that says to me, proper proper player. Yeah. No, and if you remember as well, hey, uh, he came, he came injured. Yeah. He was injured to start with. Yeah. So, you know, you come to a new club, the first thing you want to do is you want to be in training. You want to be keeping your standards high. You want to impress on your teammates. So he was injured for a while. Then he's come in, but he's got all the qualities uh, that he needs to be to be a a top fullback, particularly in the modern game. He's shown that. Uh, His crossing ability is fantastic. You know, I think... Defensively, is you know uh, most of the time he's sound uh, uh, as well. So yeah. and you know when Pat Nevin is saying that this guy can play in a variety of positions, um, that tells you that other people think highly of him as well. I think he's, you know, I just think he's a he's a, and this is not being disrespectful, but he's a, he's a, just a Mister Dependable. Yeah, that's what you want of your back yeah. players. You want them being dependable, defensively, and then they give you extra going forward. Now and it yeah. certainly gives you extra. Uh, going forward, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes defensively, and I think that's the important thing. Yeah. It and wasn't think, lost
1: on me there that you had spoke about Tesco, and you kept uh, speaking about giving you extra. I
3: was <laughs> thinking
1: that was brilliant,
2: then. <laughs> 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 but I know, I know what you mean. Though he's he's, he's a defender that you you know straight away he loves the art of defending, and then he acts yeah, on I, to it. You know, whereas yeah, I, I, know, I
3: mean what. Yeah, it's it's great. Like you say, when you see all those clips, and he turns up, and he's got a t-shirt on. And everybody <laughs> else is wrapped, wrapped up with three coats on, oh, it. and he's just like, "Yeah, you'll do for me."
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'll get top four? Because you well, know we, we've been chatting about it, and we're like, I, I, we don't know. You know, like you said, it's important that they come back from that that setback against Palace. You know, and it's a, it's a big game at the weekend. I feel.
3: Yeah, I said before the Watford game, so I can't change my mind now. If they beat Watford, I th- I thought they'd finish in the top four. The one thing that I also thought about it was was that injuries would be their big concern. Yeah. Because we are we you know, we are a little bit uh we are a little bit short. Um so I can't change my mind now, I'll no. be jumping ship. So <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Although they're going to have to... Well, it's got, what's going to be interesting for me at the weekend is how they're going to play. Are they going to switch systems?
2: Mm.
3: Or, as you say, my, my reading of it was that Tomiyatsu's not back till after Southampton. I don't know whether that's a bit of a smokescreen yeah. from uh, the little bits that I've uh, been reading on the Arsenal websites. Um, so do they, do they stick with the back four? Yeah. Who do they play at, at left back? You know, and part, party if,
2: looks like he's injured as well, doesn't
3: he? With party's injured, you, know, you don't really want to bring Jacker out the middle as well. Yeah. So would they? Could they switch to a back five? Which, with the players they've probably got at the moment, might help them.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, but uh, listen, it's quite simple. They've got to dig out. They've got to dig out a win. A, a, yeah. a, it has to be a win at the weekend, or they're gonna. People are gonna really question them. But uh, yeah. I think they've done very well to get where they are. I think at the start of the season, I said. I didn't think they'd finish in the top four. I thought they'd be up and around it, um, but it's been perfect. They've had no European football. They've put themselves in a great position. I now feel role reversal that they'll be disappointed if they don't finish fourth. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, no, I totally agree.
1: Pepe was missing against Palace, wasn't he, as well? But that was illness, so he could be back.
2: Who was it wasn't Alex? COVID, Pepe. Pepe, yeah.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, Pepe, Pepe. But then he, back, he doesn't but,
2: play, does he? You know, so he's he's no, more but, of an impact player. that Comes on up. Yeah, but I
3: don't think Pepe coming in would. They would go with the same system. Yeah. Um, You know, you, you know, Martinelli was so sort of Martinelli could come in. You got could have Smith Rowe. You could go. I don't know. You could you could even bring Rob Holden in. They could go with uh, you know uh, Cedric, uh, and if you want even uh, Tavares as wing backs, they could switch Saka as they did over. The yeah. Players uh, a wing back, and then Martinelli and Smith Smith Rowe would fill those uh, other roles. Um, yeah. They've got they've, they've got some options. I mean, Lacazette looked, uh, you know, he, he looked woefully short of confidence through the other night. Where I think, although he hasn't been scoring, he's uh, you know his link up play and uh, his as assists have been very very good, but he just looked completely out of sorts. So there's a lot of questions uh, that Mikel is going to have to ask uh, and demand for his team. And he's going to look at training and see what's the right combination. So for me, the first thing on uh, Saturday interesting was going to be the team selection.
2: Yeah.
1: I know that Arteta, of course, was Pep's apprentice as he's been deemed coming through. And it feels like he's following a trajectory there. So everyone's been talking at Man City about needing a striker. How are they going to win all of these trophies without having a designated number nine or an out-and-out goal scorer? And of course, they've answered that to some degree. And do you feel like that's developing at Arsenal now since Aubameyang left? And you're right, you know, Lacazette, I think when he scored the late equaliser against Palace in the reverse fixture. He's only scored three goals since then. So is that going to become a a problem at Arsenal too? Uh,
3: I don't think so, because uh, in my head, it's quite clear that Arsenal are going to sign at least one striker in the summer for, for next season. I don't see Arsenal, the stage of where they are with their young players playing without a recognised striker. Um, I simply don't believe that we're at a stage where we are anywhere near ready for that. Man City uh, are at a different level with uh, Liverpool. They seem to be able to their combination play, their movement—it's sharp. They seem to be able to float into different positions. Arsenal are not at that. Arsenal are not at that level yet. Week in, week out, they're 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 away from that. So I think it's clear for me that um, Arsenal sign they will attempt to sign at least one striker in the in the summer. I'm I'm quite clear on that.
2: Yeah, that, that's why I feel it's it's really important that they get a European place, you know, to, to be able to then attract the better players. You know, it's well, um,
3: they're gonna get a European place. I don't yeah. think there's any doubt to that uh, in my mind on that. It's it's whether they can take the, the Champions League place. And you know what it's like, people sometimes people say, oh we're not ready for Champions League. But what it does is it opens up options for other players to come yeah. to the club. Uh, and the young, young players want to they'll want to experience that as well. Whether you're ready or not, you, you never know until you, you're put into that situation. So um I'm you know, in my point of view, I'd always want to be playing Champions League football.
1: Any yeah. thoughts from either of you on who that striker should be that they bring in?
3: Oh. Well. We've, we've seen a couple of names mentioned, uh, you know, through the uh, January transfer winner. I'm a bit more um, like, I don't tend to, I do watch the transfer news, but I don't really take, I don't take masses of interest in it in terms of, because let's say you are interested in, in I don't know, World Cup winner, and all of a sudden He's linked to your club. Everyone's going close. Oh, we're after so-and-so. He's a World Cup winner. He's a great player. But if he comes to your club and doesn't perform, then it doesn't matter. We're only interested... In what the player does when he joins Arsenal, we're not interested in what he's done in the past. There's <laughs> so, a true so, Arsenal
1: fan speaking. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's irrelevant,
3: It's true. Yeah. Ie it, it, Well, well, we see what happened with JJ. <laughs> <laughs> the, only goal, the only goal he ever scored, and we lost. <laughs> no, I mean you, you understand what I'm saying. We, well, yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna be linked with. A lot of strikers, um, and it's. I think also what you have to understand is, and I was talking about this yesterday with some Arsenal supporters, and as hard as it is to accept, sometimes those players do not want to join your club. Yeah, exactly. They want to go. So, they want to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, uh, and that's, and, that's what I meant but, about with the European thing, you know. So it's. It's vitally exactly. important with that. Yeah, yeah, with
3: the, with, the, with the Champions League. So I'm not saying anything about who's going to turn up because 99.9% of the time I'm wrong anyway. So <laughs> I'll let Dave, Dave can yeah. answer that question. If he's still doing his coaching, he's he's more informed than I am. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Have a, a crappy
2: little look. <laughs> but can you remember when, um, when we were at Arsenal and the only time that we knew a player was coming was when the physio went missing. We're like, where's Gary gone? We're like, ooh, we must be signing a new player because he's gone to do (laughs) the medical.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. or or he's not very well, well... Yeah. No, we don't believe that one. Yeah, and that, yeah, that so was the good. only
2: time that you knew running because there was so much yeah. speculation, and then it, it'd be like, yeah, the only time that we start taking it seriously is when the physio goes missing. See, is, yeah. He's off doing a physio, doing a, a medical on the new player. Medical. Yeah. Yeah. Nigel's Absolutely. not
1: naming any names, but um, uh, I'm going to oh. throw one at you, David Calvert Lewin.
2: Yeah, you know, and especially um, if Everton go down, you know, I can't. We've spoke about this before, but I can't believe where Everton are and that they will go down. Um, but you would take someone like that, you know, with a lot of energy, because I think that's what is needed up front. But not just his energy, he, he likes a battle with the defenders, you know. And I think that's what, you know, with Arsenal, they're, they're doing a lot of passing sideways and around the back four. But without the actual ball going in, because he it doesn't stick. You know, with, with Lacazette, he, he wants that ball like that down the sides, you know, not into his feet because he's not he's not the biggest and he's not the strongest. But with someone like Carver-Lewin, that would be a that would be a good fit. But you know, like Nigel says, you you, you don't you you just wait, you wait and see, and then you know it's, it's just a he, he
3: fits in he fits into the mold of what Arsenal are trying to do. I think for me, it's quite clear that Arsenal are trying to to build a younger team. Now, people say, but do you need some experience around that? Maybe, but I I don't don't know whether whether Arsenal will go for an older striker because Mm. I think what they will be looking for, Dave's right, I think they'll be looking for mobility because at times Arsenal want to press and if you haven't got the mobility uh, uh, and pace up front, you you can't press. Um, so I think he fits into um, that mould. You know, people said to me before uh, Tommy Abraham's moved, you know, would he be a fit? And it was like, well, on age and the criteria that Arsenal are looking at at that particular time, yes, it probably would. Obviously, that didn't that didn't materialise. So. Um, I think it's it's like everything. We'd I'd love to have that crystal ball and say, yeah, it's going to be one of these two, uh, but unfortunately, uh, Arsenal's transfer business seems to take a little while, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we'll probably we'll probably be waiting. We'll probably wait. Be waiting till the end of August to uh, get <laughs> to for, um, for that final day to see what's happening. Yeah.
2: Now you, you touched on it a bit earlier on about the the role of the left back, and you know from when I I retired, the role of the goalkeeper has changed massively. Do you feel that there's been a huge change for the for the for the left backs or the full backs?
3: Yeah, I think they are. You know, I've talked about this a lot. People seem to be fascinated. Uh, they seem to think the game has changed dramatically. It isn't. It's still eleven v eleven. You still sometimes. Even uh, you know defenders still have to be able to defend well, but I think what we're seeing is that the fullbacks now, and both fullbacks at times, are in advance of the ball. Um, they're so comfortable on on the ball. When I when myself and Lee came into the team, if you if you couldn't defend, you wouldn't be playing for Arsenal. Yeah, and now and uh, the top teams, I think there's a little bit of the defense Offensive side has gone from it, uh, and it's all. Uh, also, it's it's a little bit more about what can I deliver going going forward. Um, and I think you know, probably the best example uh, of that is Trent Arnold yeah. at, uh, at, at Liverpool because his assist ratio uh, and his quality going forward is unbelievable. But I think at times, you know, you can you can get in behind him and at him a little bit, but. Liverpool can can take that because of what he gives them,
2: yeah.
3: What he gives them going forward. So I think it's some, a, a little bit also is what team you're playing for, and where they are in their current structure, and what they're trying to achieve. But yeah, yeah, it's it, it's changed from you know, hey, uh, sure will know when George was there. It's like well, yeah, you can go and join in myself or Lee, down your side. <laughs> but if you if you move a muscle. Away from your two centre halves, if the ball's not on your side, you you get dragged off. <laughs> <laughs> no. You certainly got told at all time, what do you think you're doing? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Your job's but not to score goals.
1: <laughs> in in <laughs> turn, though, does that mean that the centre-back roles change? Like you, you giving that example just made me think of Virgil van Dijk versus Martin, for instance. And I, I just think that Virgil van Dijk his role he doesn't need the cover as much as maybe the old Arsenal centre-backs did.
3: Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, Van, uh, Van Dyke is, um, well, six foot plus. He's quick, so he can cover the sides very well. Not everybody um, can do that, but it's just a, it's just a, it's just a structure and how your team play like from now it, it, it's more a little bit more modern to have your your fullbacks ahead mm-hmm. uh and sometimes in well in advance and then uh your holding midfield player potentially can drop into those fullback roles or in yeah. between the <laughs> center half i mean yeah, we I suppose we did it a little bit with petite did it a little bit at Arsenal, but not to the rounds that these guys are, are doing with uh, are doing it, but you're right, and it depends what centre half you've got. If you've got, you know, if you've got a mobile centre half like um, like Van Dyke, then um, you can do that. But also, what it has changed as well is most teams, as we've talked about, play with one centre forward, or they don't play with any. Yeah, yeah. Whereas 99 of the time when we played, it was two set. It was two. So if they were to make runs down the channels, if the fullbacks were advanced, you could create so much space for a midfield player coming through the centre. So it's all it's all about systems and how you see self play. Yeah.
2: yeah, and like what you said about with the defenders, you know, like even even with the the Arsenal back four, say you pushed pushed on, like Baldy would know to or Tony would know to to cover you a little bit more, you know, and and the whole three of you would move across, wouldn't it? And it's all about yeah, so understanding who's going to go and push in.
3: Yeah, so it's it's knowing what your you know what you are going, uh, what's expected of you defensively. So you're right. Yeah. So if I went forward, balls down my side, Baldy would go across to the left a bit more. Tony'd shift, shift across, and yeah. then Lee would come inside. So almost we were playing with a back three. Yeah. And then when the ball switched sides, I would come in and almost be the, the third centre half, if you like, but maybe just slightly in front of the other two. And then Lee would go down the other side. So it's all about understanding uh, what you're doing. And, you know, uh, H, how much time we spent with George out in the pitch where he yeah. didn't even have a ball. Mm. We just used to walk through things. I mean, God, how boring was that?
2: <laughs> and, and I've been telling the guys, I was saying, like, this, the Arsenal back four, did it come by luck? It was through sheer hard work, you know, because yeah. the amount of drills that you used to do, like you say, without a ball, and then it would be the back four against like eight attackers and stuff like that. And it would go on for hours, you know. And- you just used
3: to you know, you just put the back four in with, with with yourself. And then all you used, George, George was he'd have eight uh, he'd bring eight of the youth team against you <laughs> because he knew the youth team wanting to embarrass the first uh, team back four. Yeah. They'd run around like crazy. And then literally as you defended and got ball back, you chipped it to him, to George at the halfway line, and you started again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we did it in like 45 minutes, and it, yeah. was just like, it was just like incessant defending. See, but that makes got- so
1: much sense to me when you think about drilling and, and covering spaces, zonal marking, and it means that if one of you's out, someone else can come in, and we see it so much in the Premier League now. I'm wondering if that was the undoing of Bielsa, because he kept trying to persist with that man marking, didn't he?
3: Well, yeah, I mean... I'm just trying to think if I think we, the only time I can ever remember doing a, a, a man marking. I can't it was a, it was a European game and Martin played in the central midfield and I can't remember who it was against and he did a man marking job on somebody away from home. But I can't ever remember anywhere else where you go man man for man because mm-hmm. if the opposing team are clever enough, they can just pull you out of position so yeah. easily and create space uh and, and, and an overload uh against you it's an interesting theory um and it worked i suppose to start with for Bielsa but towards the end it it, it sort of completely collapsed didn't it and that was that down to again confidence injuries belief and and stubbornness. Those are the things. stubbornness i know i know <laughs> well, what you mean
2: though well, well, because know, we not get the results <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: less equipped than any anybody to speak about it, but it, it did feel like it stank a little bit of that.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, a, and apparently, yeah. like some of the players even went in, didn't they, and asked him, like, you know, can we just change it a little bit to get a little bit more defensive? And he was like, no, no we stay as we are. So yeah, and it's, it's great yeah. that that Jesse Marsh is getting a good tune out of Leeds at the moment. But uh, I've got three more things, Nigel. So I went to Pete Benetti's memorial at Chelsea, and I was in that yeah. that stand behind the goal. And all I could remember was your strike, <laughs> your yeah. strike, that your goal that won. That what do we we ended up beating them three two from two 0 yeah. down.
3: Well, of course you can remember it. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was a good. It was a good. What forty yards, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> no, and I, I, no, I remember every like, every every time somebody asks me, it gets half a yard longer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, if you if you were to watch the clip of that. I think it's Manu Petit takes out Dennis Wise in the centre of midfield. When right. the ball comes to me initially, Wisey starts to uh, make ground coming across to me and Manu Petit trips him up. So that left it clear for me. to. T- I just then took it forward another step and it was about 22 yards, I think it was, in the end. <laughs> and it just sat nicely. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, why not? Yeah, you might as well. Um, and But as soon as I hit it, uh, I mean I knew it was I knew it was pure and I I, I knew straight away it was uh, it was going there. I can't remember actually who was in Did you not but... hear
2: us saying don't you <laughs> Well
3: well there's a few people who used to say that to me and then uh, live to regret it a few times I remember uh, when I scored at Wimbledon with my right foot at Highbury uh and Merce came over to me and said right foot what are you doing <laughs> um so yeah I mean listen Sometimes it just listen. It, it it works, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I've probably had eight or nine others of those in a season that have not even reached the goal. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this best. one just this <laughs> one was this one was beautiful. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it was nice to
2: go to back to Chelsea actually and not get abused. <laughs> but um, and then the the other one before actually the final one, which I always ask my ex Arsenal players, um, eighty nine.
3: Or the double. What's your oh, I favourite? Think I, uh, well, uh, there's. I've got two different bits to this. Eighty nine is my favourite because it's my first uh, winning trophy. Remember, I missed the penalty yeah. the year before in the League Cup final, um, so that was a bit of a bit of a downer. So Liverpool was so special. We should have won the league two or three games before. Looked like we'd blown it. Nobody thought we could go to Anfield uh, uh, and win. And George was so meticulous in his preparations. Uh, I mean, his just organisation was sensational. So that will always be my favourite. But in terms of power, passion, uh, freedom to be able to play, then 98 would be the would be the way that I'd love to be able to play every single week. Yeah. Because with those guys, we could play some good football, but also if it was a if it was a physical game where we had the we had the you know we had the big big enough players to to stand up to that as well. So I loved I loved that team. I wouldn't want to take away from any of those teams because yeah. they're both both different in the way they were set up with the managers, but. Uh, I mean, when Arsene Wenger came, it was just like, oh, well, it was just like being in a Sunday league uh, kids team. It was like, oh, well, just go and play. And I'll just bring in some, I'll just bring in some midfield players and some forwards that can, you know, just light it up a little bit as well. But yeah. so, I mean, that that first period with uh, with Arsene Wenger was, I, I talk about it all the time, was sensational, you know, Vieira, Petit, Overmars, and then yeah. Henri came, and nelka I mean, yeah. Boy, oh boy, I mean, if you're an Arsenal support, you were living in dreamland. It was so enjoyable to play in. Yeah. And he just, he just, I mean, he never ever told you off, even if you had a stinker. That's right. He just (laughs) didn't like confrontation. I mean, I remember him, Pat Rice, coming into the dressing room once. Uh, and having a go at the players, and he kicked Pat out. He
2: was like, "Pat, and sit down Pat, and be
3: quiet." <laughs> I had to put I had to put a towel over my head. I was laughing so much. And we, I think we were like two or three nil down. Yeah, he's like I remember kicking that. the assistant manager yeah. out. So, I mean, in terms of style of play, I mean, you you, you know, that was absolutely that was that was probably the peak for yeah. me in, in my playing uh, career yeah. around that period of period of time. So. Both slightly different, and a cheeky question you've asked there because two different managers as well. Ah. Very naughty (laughs) of you.
2: Yeah, but wait for this last question, right? So, speaking of the players that that were brought into the club, obviously first of all was Dennis, and then Thierry. You've got one choice: Henri or Burkham.
3: I've always, I've always, uh, I've always said. Um Burkamp because of how long I played with him. Remember, I only did a year with Thierry. all right yeah, yeah. And that first year he wasn't on fire. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. <he> was. <laughs> you know, I remember <laughs> I, you know, I remember retiring and then watching him play. And boy, oh boy, that guy was uh just sensational. So um I Dennis, because I played with him so long, and Dennis was yeah. a special player, but I think for pace and power. Henri, and you know, he, he didn't play centre forward, did he? he? A lot of his goals came from the left hand side, drifting. Yeah. Centre halves didn't know how to um, didn't know how to to manage him. So, um, oh, I, and also, I think different depends on where you play on the pitch because against Henri, you know, sometimes he didn't come up against you, but the running power. Whereas Dennis was more silky in terms of was his passing ability and positions he, he took mm-hmm. up on the pitch. So, I would think that also it would be. On who, where positions you were playing against him. If I was playing against him directly, I think Henri Thierry would have been, would have been, an, it well not, well, I did. I played against him at West Ham and I didn't <laughs> stop him scoring. So <laughs> that pretty much tells you something. But Dennis yeah. is just, it's just his appreciation, I think, of everybody around him. And everyone called him the Iceman, super cool. But you know as well as I do, he's a little bit more ruthless. Oh he was. And then he, he made up because yeah. I had a couple of split lips from him been training. So <laughs> well, Yeah, I remember that. And Baldy kept kicking him.
2: Yeah. I remember. And then I went in
3: Baldy said to me, You go market this time. I think I've annoyed him. And then all of a sudden I got an elbow straight straight in the mouth. Got a bit of a street. Oh thanks, Baldy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you go yeah, with Dennis, yeah. I, I, I I'm, go gonna with, pick, I'm
3: just going to pick Dennis because yeah. I played with him for for a, a yeah, long, time. Yeah. I didn't realize that.
2: Yeah. Because I always, yeah. I always say Thierry because of yeah, like what you just said about the way that he affected games from different yeah. positions. Dennis was yeah. a lot around the box and was brilliant at that. Yeah. But Thierry, he could pick it up in our box and then go the whole length, couldn't he? And yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: amazing uh, but yeah just, uh, just both incredible players yeah. Uh and the one thing I usually say when people ask and debate that is say they're both legends and usually legends have been very successful at their club in winning things Yeah, that's all you know and, and, and when you're winning things and you're still talking about them being legends and playing at that high level it shows how special they are
2: yeah exactly Nigel's been ace having you on mate thanks so much for coming on
3: I, I, I thought the question was going to be on real uh, Seaman that's <laughs> how yeah. you save you there <laughs>
2: Seaman or Lehman <laughs> we had Jens on last week and he was like yeah it was easy for the Arsenal fans they just had to they didn't have to change their songs because it was Seaman or Lehman <laughs> it was brilliant he was yeah <laughs> nice one mate yeah. that was brilliant. no problems cheers yeah, thanks Cheers. Bye, Thank Nigel. you very much. Cheers, Nigel. You can watch more interviews with my former teammates, including Deco, Tony Adams, Wrighty, Martin Keown, Ray Parler, and Saul Campbell, over on our YouTube channel. Just search Seaman Says and subscribe. This is a listening dog media production.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network